Killer, man. Well, thanks for calling in. Absolutely. Are you at home relaxing for a little bit, or are you on the road? Uh, I'm at home relaxing, yeah. just uh, we, We've been about a week. Nice. And we got the, the tour to talk about and the EP and a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so I kind of wanted to go back. Last time I saw you at the uh, Loudwire Awards, and, and you had kind of uh, told me that there was some new music coming, and bam, a couple months later, we get the EP, the Trace of Path EP. Yeah. It's kind of cool to have the, the, like, when I saw it come out, because you guys didn't really uh, announce it. It was just kind of like something's happening, and then bam, here you go, here's the EP, not a whole long, like, normal record setup. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's it's four songs, you know, instead of a 12 or 15 song EP, um, but we're still really proud of it. We basically, we were just on tour in October. God, when were the Loudwire Awards? October, right? Yeah, it was October. Okay, that's right. So we had just gotten done. That's right. We had just gotten done with kind of a festival circuit. We had done Aftershock and a couple awesome East Coast festivals, Louder Than Life and Rocket Legions. But in between the festivals, uh, we were just kind of sitting on our asses, and we didn't have a lot of shows in between. So we just decided to make the most of it and, and go into the studio. Um, we had a couple kind of skeletons of songs written, but nothing that was completely complete, so to speak. And uh, we went into this great studio called Voodoo Studios up in um, Long Island and recorded these songs. And, yeah, we just put them out. It was just kind of a really fun thing for us to do in between albums to stay fresh and, um, you know, bring our fans something new. I love it, man. And, and some really killer stuff on there. And wanted to get kind of little song intros for you, you know, talk about where you, what you were feeling and kind of what the vibe was of each tune and little, you know, 20 second, 30 second intro. But um, let's start with the, the first one, Let Me Out. Yeah, that song, um, you know, I just basically came up with a riff and uh, we all got together in the studio and it just was one of those songs that was so immediate. You know, when everybody came in, we just knew that we had a really cool tune. Um, and that chorus um, just still, you know, feels so cathartic and, and good every time we play it. So absolutely love that song. And we played that at every single show since that song was written. And we intend to keep playing it for a long time. We love it. And what was the uh, inspiration behind it lyrically? Um, a lot of the lyrics that I've written about lately are kind of about human connectivity and not wanting to just put your head down and, and be in your own little world, wanting to um, to kind of have connection, to feel connected in this world where we are constantly connected, but in in one way we're actually disconnected because we're so, uh, we're so involved with our technology and keeping our heads down. So it's just kind of about wanting to um, be involved with humanity a little more that's what's so great about music you know the live show like that's the one thing that they can't they can't digitize you know a concert uh, that live experience is still that connectivity that we need absolutely and uh what can you tell me about uh invisible worlds let me think about that for a second (laughs) (laughs) you know it's hard for me uh to, to put them all into into words um that's a song about escape. It's basically a song about when, when there's too much on your shoulders, kind of looking for another place to go to, another place, not necessarily to hide, but another place to um, feel invigorated or feel free. And just kind of, we all have our individual places that we 
that we travel to when uh, things get too heavy for us. And that was essentially what that song was about. Really cool. And then uh, I think my favorite track is Zero Light. Oh, nice. That was kind of inspired by a um, Ray Bradbury short story. Um, I'm forgetting now exactly what it's called, but basically there's this uh, planet where all these children, um, well, the, the sun only comes out for one day annually. And these kids being jerky kids uh, hide this one girl named Margo in a closet for the, you know, one or two hours that the sun comes out. And uh, I remember reading that in about fourth or fifth grade, but that story kind of always struck me about uh, kind of human cruelty and <laughs> why we why we behave the way we do around others and selfishness and things like that. So that song I definitely extrapolated. It's not... Um, specifically about that but it was definitely inspired by that story kind of bullying basically yeah. about bullying well you know it, it, it's funny um talking about uh, escaping reality for me it's always a show man I, I love going to concerts and and shows and certainly looking forward to seeing you guys wednesday uh july 18th at the roxy and and this is going to be a headlining set right um you know, we're buddies with MC Red, so a lot of the details about who's uh, headlining on what we haven't exactly gone over. I think we'll it'll probably be co-headlining, and we'll uh, we'll each do like a headlining set. Yeah. Okay, so still a full set out of you. That'll be yeah, the killer we'll, part. We'll play. We'll play for close to an hour for that that show. Yeah. Awesome, man. Definitely looking forward to that. And you were just there recently with uh, Pop Evil, right? At the Roxy specifically. Yeah, that was a fun tour. We're happy to happy to go back to the Roxy. Love playing that place. Yeah, we were out with Pop Evil for two and a half months. It was a really long U.S. tour where you hit almost every market. And uh, right now we're just going back and hitting some of them again. Why not? Hell yeah. Nothing wrong with some more shows out of you guys. And, um, I, you know, I saw a photo the other day uh, on Instagram, I think it was, of you in a recording studio. Are, are you already starting to work on some new ideas for a new full-length album? Or was that just for a project? or? Um, that was for kind of a personal project, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always doing something. Um, I also am doing some guest vocal work on some other band's uh, albums, which I'll be able to announce soon. But, um, but yes, to answer your question, we are starting to write. Um, we love being on the road. We love touring. But we're actually at a point now where uh, we need to take a little bit of time and start working on the next record. If we keep touring constantly, uh, we don't know when a new record comes out, so... It'll be hard to get off the road for a little while because we love it so much, but, yeah, it's time to write new material. So this this Roxy show will be the last time probably for a while then until there is a new record? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't say for sure, but I'd say, uh, yeah, we don't have any uh, eminent plans to come back to Southern California in the meantime, so if people want to see us, get your butts out there. <laughs> Let's. Uh, I know you're a big baseball fan. Let's talk a little bit. Your Oakland A's getting hot right now. Well, I'm actually... I'm actually a Giants fan. A uh, Giants? I, I thought you were an A's fan. Only, no, I mean I, I don't. I don't dislike the A's, but it's kind of oranges and apples. I don't need to like you know the A's are in the American League, so it doesn't really matter to me. Um, no, I'm a I'm a pretty diehard Giants fan. I moved out to California from the East Coast from North Carolina in uh, 1999, and uh, you know the Giants had Barry Bonds, and it was just so fun uh, going to the park and seeing those games. So I got indoctrinated pretty fast into San Francisco Giants world. Oh, yeah, and then the O two World Series and everything, which they uh, lost to my Angels. 
Yes, they did. I remember. <laughs> but we got three in the past six years. Yeah. Sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Buster Posey kid's been pretty good for you guys, and as well oh, as yeah, all the maybe. pitching. But how are they doing this year? There are a couple games above uh, the Giants in general, a couple games above 500. Uh, they uh, had a really good streak the past month, so getting it together. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Have you been That's to any the, games uh, this year? I've been to two games, yeah. Sweet. But I've been traveling pretty much all the time, so it's hard to get into the park. Yeah. Yeah, at least you got to squeeze in too. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, and I wanted to get your take on it too. And I finally came up with mine. But you know, being a baseball fan, you all have that dream that that dream in your head. You fantasize as a kid about you know being the pitcher in the bottom of the you know bottom of the ninth, the World Series game seven, and getting the strikeout or getting the big hit. And I was thinking more along the lines of getting the big hit, and then trying to think what what would my on deck song be like if i you know you get to pick your music when you oh, go yeah, up to sure. bat you know but what would yours be? i'll tell you mine <laughs> i figured out mine okay. mine would be uh megadeth sweating bullets but uh curious oh, <laughs> curious what yours I, would be uh no I, we've always discussed this it would definitely be when the levee breaks by Led Zeppelin. oh uh, nice just basically just the beat you know that's just such a just a badass motivational drum beat for me but i have enjoyed seeing players that uh have fun with it. I forget who it was. Maybe it was Josh Reddick on the A's, but he did uh, Careless Whisper. <laughs> and uh, I think it's pretty funny when people uh, kind of take the piss and do a funny song, too. So, uh, But Barry Bonds was cool. He did, uh, what was that uh, Dr. Dre song? With, oh, yeah. That was on the uh, the Chronic, or not the Chronic album, the one after uh, that. Yeah, yeah, the one that came out in 2000, 2001. Aftermath, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so. You know, good hip hop song couldn't couldn't hurt as well, but I think I'd have to pick Levy. <laughs> what do you think about that? Have you heard those rumors or seen the rumors online? There's a big talk about Led Zeppelin maybe getting back together for the 50th anniversary, doing a show. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm for it. Who would drum? Jason Bonham. Yeah, yeah, they'd have Jason because he did it last time when they did uh, 2007. They did that celebration day, and they did Got like it. one show. Yeah, so it's always been yeah, I mean, Jason. I, I'm, of course I'm for it. I mean, they're one of the greatest bands of all time. If they feel like playing, they should play. I mean, that's the cool thing about rock and roll is, I mean, you know, that whole idea is nobody should tell you uh, what to do or when you can do it. And if they want to, it doesn't matter if they're 70, they should go play shows if they want to. Would you ever uh, tackle a Led Zeppelin cover? Would it be Levy for you if you ever did? <laughs> we actually were jamming on rock and roll in, in practice yesterday, but that was just kind of accidentally because uh, Mark started playing the riff. Um, I don't know. I think there are certain bands that um, that are kind of like untouchable that you know you're not going to improve on. And there's a band out there covering Led Zeppelin songs all the time right now. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> but I didn't say that. Anyway, um, so uh, you know, we'll. Uh, I, I just think there are certain bands we wouldn't want to want to touch. Fugazi, Beatles, and uh, probably throw Zeppelin in there. Yeah, that'd be on the untouchable list. Hey, curious for you, I was thinking about this too. Uh, what was the first, uh, be curious on the format too, album you bought for yourself with your own money and, and what format? Was it on cassette or was it on CD? And what, what was that album for you back in the day? Um, yeah, let's see. I'm pretty sure it was um, it was Appetite for Destruction on tape. Nice. Um, and that was right around, it had been out for a couple of years though. I think, I, I think it was 1990 and I was about nine. Um, I bought that, and uh, 
my parents definitely weren't happy when they saw the inside <laughs> tweet or whatever, um, which still to this day is actually kind of shocking. But um, then I think right after that, it kind of went into CD land, and, and it just the grunge thing took over for me. Uh, you know, Nevermind and Pearl Jam's Ten, um, all that all that stuff. And then I'm sure my my taste started to branch out a little more after that. But not too bad first three albums for some GNR Pearl Jam. Yeah, what would be your uh, your picks off of each of those albums if you had to pick one to play on the radio? To play on the radio, well, I think that the radio has already spoken for what songs work on the on the radio. You're saying just like what my favorite song is? Yeah, yeah. What would your favorite uh, song be like off of Appetite? Like if you could pick one to sure. play? Um, let's see, maybe Night Train off of Appetite, Drain You off of Nevermind, and. Um, porch off of 10 nice did you ever drink night train back in the day because it was in the song i remember trying to get no, my hands in that in our, high school our crappy high school uh alcohol was like boone's farm and uh, mad dog 2020 right well no i'm sure i'm sure i had a sip at some some stupid party but i i don't really i don't really recall partying too hard on the night train i remember getting I, it just I, for I that didn't follow didn't follow you know, comes in those, uh, <laughs> the, the things they imbibed on. I didn't do too many of those. I still keep meaning to buy one of those Zimas now that Zimas are back for a limited time. I'm like, oh, I need to grab one of those just to relive those high school days and that being the first <laughs> beer I ever got my hands on. Nice. Let me let me know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, wanted to pick your brain a little bit more, too. Last time we talked about the Flannel Five and, and that kind of grouping, and I, I've done one new one and added one more band to it and kind of gone on to the next phase so i wanted to get your your uh take on what i'm calling the new metal six pack okay so this is going to be like rage against the machine corn lincoln park uh slipknot disturbed or system of a down okay and like opinions on all of those or who i think is the the, the best the the best your numero uno off of that list and why? Well, it's between System of a Down and Rage Against the Machine, and uh, I'm gonna give them a tie. But I think they both they just both beat to their own drum, so to speak, com- completely. I mean, they just did exactly their own thing. I mean, I will say with Corn, nobody else sounds like Corn, um, so I'll give them kudos on that. But I just uh, they didn't move me as much as um, Rage or System did, and I think you know truly no other bands even though they've influenced a lot of bands no bands sound like either of them and they're just incredibly original while at the same time being so impactful so uh i picked those but all those are uh, excellent excellent groups and you like that one i, I th- i'm feeling good about the, the other one i had in there yeah. for a while was uh, <laughs> deserves to be in there but i, I think i'm going to take it out because no one picks it but as as Truly, Limp Biscuit deserves to be in on that list, but no one ever picks them. So yeah. I've kind of taken them out recently. But um, yeah, they're influential, and, and Wes's guitar playing is, is pretty phenomenal. I mean, he really was was a force. Is is still a force. So uh, you know, I can see that. We, we did a festival with them in uh, in Munich a few years ago and watched them side stage. They're really fun. Yeah, and Wes was still tearing it up on guitar. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah, I feel bad because no one ever picks them, but they they definitely had their you know their moment and kind of kicked off that whole scene. Uh, speaking of rage, pick pick a pick a song for me. Um, oh man, some good ones. I don't know. Know your enemy, probably. 
Yeah. If I had to pick one. Um, yeah, but, I mean, still, I mean, no, no it's so ubiquitous, but when when everything drops after that first snare hit in Bulls on Parade, that's just one of the most badass riffs in, in rock history as far as I'm concerned. So <laughs> I'm still going to be up there. There's no way to sit still while listening to Rage Against the Machine. No, there isn't. How, what do you think about Profits of Rage? Oh, I think it's cool. Yeah, we did. Uh, we played Louder Than Life in Louisville with them. I thought that uh, in that single video, Living on the 110, I thought that was an awesome riff. Um, no, they're great. I mean, what what a bunch of badasses. Uh, I thought they were really cool, really fun. Yeah, I was so happy to hear them do like Bullet in the Head and, and some of those deeper cuts on the first album. I was like, oh, thank you, please, for playing them and crushing them. So good. Yeah. And when, and you, yeah. you said also said System, too, right? Would be your kind of your other pick? Yeah, I mean, they're just, they're just completely original. I'd never heard, I mean, I think, I don't know what the first song I heard was, but whatever it was, I had never heard anything like that, even though, you know, it was heavy riffage and, you know, there's similarities to some other hard rock bands. You know, they were a heavy rock band using distortion, but the way that they attacked it, the way that they went about it was just completely original. Surge's voice doesn't sound like anyone else, and then they do things like really not affect the vocals at all, and just between the two people singing their harmonies, it would just um, be relatively dry, which wasn't a really sexy thing to do at that time. The vocals were generally really affected. So I thought everything about it was refreshing and awesome. How do you feel as a fan? Like, are, are you longing for a new album from them? I mean, it's been like over 13 years now, I think, since what Mesmerized yeah. Sympathize was like 05. I'd love to hear it. I mean, they're playing shows. I'm going to go see them at uh, Aftershock in uh, October. So, uh, I don't know. It's probably a good sign that they're at least playing together. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm jonesing for it, but there's, there's a lot of good music out right now, so I'm not necessarily starving for anything new. How about uh, picking a system of a down tune for us? Oh. Mm, Falling off the first record called Spiders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah, it's cool. Speaking of Aftershock, they are. Are you playing Aftershock? No, we played last year. So, we'll okay. most likely uh, sit out. I mean, we're definitely not playing this year yet, but hopefully next year. That yeah. was my favorite of all the, all the festivals. Essentially, kind of a hometown for us. And, uh, the crowd was really incredible. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, they're breaking off uh, System of a Down and Incubus and bringing them down to Southern California to Glen Helen for a show awesome. that same weekend. So I guess they're playing on Sunday. So Saturday we get those two bands here with Clutch and a couple other bands. So it's going to be oh, killer. That's awesome. Hey, uh, appreciate all the time. Two two last things for you. Kind of get, sure. get your uh, take on uh, my heart is still broken and, and curious your thoughts or interactions or any experience with the the tragic passing of mr vinnie paul i'm still heartbroken over that me being a former drummer and just one of the nicest guys in the biz and i'm sure you've run into him over the years at the festivals and everything yeah yeah we we toured with hell yeah we did uh, maybe i don't know five shows with them last um i believe may or june and uh kind of around their home state i think three of them were in texas and then we did some festivals. I, I did not know him well. I probably shook his hand in passing about twice and said thanks for having us. And he was, you know, really gracious and just said, you know, happy, happy, happy guys, essentially. So I won't, uh, I don't claim to have a, a, a deep relationship with him, but he's just one of the best drummers of all time, truly. And could prove that he laid down um, with, you know, starting with Pantera, but then that he continued to have with, with his other groups. Um, hardly any drummers kind of maintain that sense of 
you know, groove and sexiness in a, in a <laughs> beat. Um, and, and he really embodied that. So, uh, yeah, rest in power, Vinnie Paul. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah. Were you a Pantera fan as a kid? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, vulgar, vulgar display was the first thing that I heard. Um, and, uh, you know, then I went back and looked at other stuff. But, uh, yeah, the incredible band, just the power that they that they had was pretty much uh, um, it's still untouched. Yeah, that's tragic, tragic, man. Still reeling on that. And let me hit you with one last one and, and on a little sure. bit better of a note, just doing it. <laughs> doing a, this or that and and uh one of the big tours going out this summer that i am excited for and two guys that that make sense together even though they've done this tour before and, and did some squabbling back and forth but uh rob zombie and marilyn manson and uh make you pick from those two who who are you a bigger fan of that's a tough one i like both of them equally i have i've never seen marilyn manson play live um and i have seen Rob zombie who is awesome um you know, I think uh, I think Marilyn probably changed uh, music a little more, and so I can give him maybe one notch more for originality. But Rob's pretty badass in his own right, and especially the uh, off the stage stuff that he does with all the all the directing and all that. So I'm going to do equal respect to both of them for for different reasons. That's but a safe one. Hopefully, we end up touring with uh, both those bands. So I don't want to, <laughs> you know. <laughs> say anything too off the wall but if you okay put it to you this way have you bought either of their albums or both of their albums or just one of them albums i bought marilyn manson albums back back in my uh adolescent early teens yeah. <laughs> which one was it was it hollywood or, or hollywood or uh mechanical animals do you remember uh i mean the first thing i heard was i guess it just ages me but the first thing i heard was uh, the the eurythmics cover so which album was that that was on an EP, like between the first album and the second album. He did an EP with that that cover on there. That is Sweet Dreams, yeah, the Rhythmics cover. That's I think what... I maybe even I even bought the single. What's the one with the like the family all at the dinner table? Uh, Portrait of American Family, like the claymation kind of okay. looking thing. That's yeah, it. I think that's that's the first one that I bought. Yeah, that's that's the first album, and then he did the Sweet Dreams after that, and then did got it. Bitchin', man. Well, I appreciate all the time. Sounds Hang good. around. Yeah, cool, man. Cheers. Thanks. Bye-bye.